0: listening to Bleeding Page Podcast. Join authors Chad Lutsky and Jason Brandt as they delve into
1: writing and publishing the dark side of fiction. Mr. Jason Brandt, it's been a while. It has been quite a while actually, yes. And I think we've went through this before and I blamed you because you don't get any guests, and I also blame myself because there were a few that I wanted to get that I was waiting for the perfect opportunity to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which I wanted to make sure they were drinking before I asked them because I knew that they would say, not that they would say no, but I thought if I c- catch this dude, you know, yeah, a, a six pack in, he's on <laughs> here. So, <laughs> I can't.
2: That's how I get most people to do things for me.
1: And actually, to be honest, there's a couple of authors I really want to ask. Uh, but I want to wait until I have read, like, maybe their most recent book. Okay. Um, uh, because, I, I mean, I, I like going on podcasts where I, I've, I've been on too many where... I've been on some where the people don't know who the heck I even am at all. That alone mm-hmm. have read something of mine. And it's, it makes it awkward. And so I like It's weird Yeah Yeah So as long as one of us Is uh, familiar Then I think it makes for a better A better show I agree So That being said um, Ronald Kelly uh, The guest on this episode Episode 14 Is He was one that I was kind of waiting for um, Because I knew we were both Well we both had started Reading Fear I think around the same Within the same week I think
2: Purely by chance
1: yeah and then i was like you know what i i know ron i'm gonna ask him so and then he's like do you do you want me to send you an arc of uh my autobiography slash on writing thing and i was like oh yeah i guess okay and i wasn't gonna i wasn't even sure i was gonna get around to it and i gobbled it up and i'm so glad i i read it so i would encourage um writers and particularly fans of ronald kelly to seek it out and get it it's i think you can get a copy from him directly if he's got some left um but uh other than that i can't remember when he said it would be out was it next month
2: so yeah soon I soon think. yeah yeah um, use the power of google but yes it's coming out soon and it's definitely worth a read and i told him this at the beginning of the episode so i won't repeat it too much here but i've just discovered his writing recently and uh, I'm already a big fan. I yeah. have to be very choosy with the books I read because I read so slowly and I don't have a lot of time to read mm-hmm. but I've already read two of his books back to back and I'm looking to do another one soon because uh, I'm
1: just really digging it. Yes. Good good guy. Great author. Um, I do have uh, two announcements. I think I already mentioned Spinal Remains. My third short story collection came out August 9th. Outstanding. Um, so getting some good reviews. It's got, it's a whole mixed bag. I have, uh, I have an extreme story in there. That's outrageously disgusting. I have the, (laughs) the normal stuff in there. That's like heartbreaking kind of, you know, uh, horror with heart. People have been calling it for the last handful of years. I call it the Lutzky. Okay. That's, there's a lot of that in there coming of age. I've got, uh, some like amateurs, sleuth type stuff uh in there and i even have a uh non-horror completely non-horror humorous story um there's yeah it's a mixed bag it's all, it, it, it's all very much me um i've seen some reviews that think that feel like it's all, all the way across it feels like kind of like uh, a theme going on and i don't know if that's because i write about uh the human experience and um Situations like that people could actually find themselves in, or maybe that's what they think the theme is. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, then I have a book coming out uh, on August twenty sixth. So by the time we do another episode, it will have probably already been out. And that is called uh, Wounds to Wishes, and it's a three novella collection coming out through um, Crystal Lake Publishing. It's the first in their Dark Tide series, and it has a novella by myself called. The strangest twist upon her lips, and then it has a novella by John Bowden called Suet, and it has one by Robert Ford called, uh oh, sorry, Bob, what is that thing? My, uh, my only sunshine, I think is what it's called. Nice, heartbreaking stuff in this book. Absolutely, grief horror, and then uh, mystery. The subtitle for this is called uh, Mystery and Melancholy, and it delivers. So we're all very proud of it. August 26th, arcs have been going around, and people... I've gotten three messages so far uh, that people said it's the best thing I've written. I don't think that, but it's nice to hear. So,
2: It's an interesting release. Three novellas in one book.
1: Yeah, and they're kind of intertwined. We have, like, uh, um, different... um, My protagonist is actually one of the antagonists in Bob Ford's book. And then um, uh, John's got some uh, Easter eggs sprinkled throughout. So yeah, they're kind of, they're kind of connected, so.
2: That sounds really interesting. I'm going to check that out.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we're excited about the release for it. And then Ben Baldwin did the cover, who also did the cover for the, uh, the, I don't know if you call it a re-release of of Foster Homes and Flies. And he also did the cover for all of the Gwendy's Button Box, Stephen King, uh, Richard Chismar books.
2: Nice. Those are sold a copy or two. What's that?
1: I said those are sold a copy or two. (laughs) Yes, they have. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I think that's it, man. I just, uh, I I think that's all I have to announce. I have
2: some vague news. I think I'm going to start writing again next month. Very cool. i going to co-author a book is the plan. I don't want to announce who or what or anything like that, because one, I don't know a lot of details. And two, God only knows how much I can screw up from now till we start <laughs> next month, so I don't want to put it out there and then screw it up. But I think this will be a good way for me to kind of get back into the flow. Uh, not Absolutely. something that we need to dedicate a ton of time to right away, but something we can both kind of chip away at for a while. And uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I've been looking for a way to get back in. Unfortunately, I just started doing two episodes of my YouTube show a week. So you uh, just filled
1: your plate more, and then you filled it even more. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. So I don't know how I'm going to have time to write, but I'm going to make it happen. So I'm I'm pretty pumped for that. And if it goes as well as I hope, uh, hopefully I can get back to some of my, my other stuff towards the end of the year, too. So I'm finally getting back into it. I don't know how the hell I'm going to have time to publish and advertise and do all that shit. That's going to be a whole other can of worms I would to open, but
1: we'll get there one, one day at a time. Well, you've got a collaborator. So hopefully the workload will be, can be cut in half. Maybe
2: uh, the publishing don't know what they're advertising doing. <laughs> part. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. When I, when I finally say who you'll, you'll get it. So okay. uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, but it's it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Uh, I think we're going to be able to come up with a, a really good book together. So I'm pumped.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Speaking, I, I just remembered something, and I think I can say that. No, I'll save it for off camera. I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Well, I wouldn't get in trouble, but you know, just being respectful. So, anyway, Ronald Kelly. He yes. He is our guest on this episode, and Ronald Kelly has been writing and publishing horror. This is his bio, so this is these are not my words. If I get anything wrong, blame Ronald Kelly and his uh, Amazon page, which there's a link Below to his Amazon page and his uh, 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 website, uh, he's been writing and publishing horror tales set in the American South for 36 years. A former Zebra Books author, his published works include *Fear*, *Undertaker's Moon*, *Bloodkin*, *Hell Hollow*, *The Darken*, uh, *Midnight Grinding*, and other <laughs> oh, wow and other Twilight Terrors. After the Burn, Hindsight, The Buzzard Zone, The Halloween Stores, Season's Creepings, Irish Gothic, The Saga of Deadeye series, and the EC horror-flavored Southern Fried series. His audio collection of Southern Fried short stories, Dark Dixie, Tales of Southern Horror, was included on the nominating ballot of the 1992 Grammy Awards for Best Non-Musical or Spoken Album. So, which blew Jason's mind right I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> let go of that, I, when I, dude, I, that. When he said that, because I knew that. And I watched your face, and you were just like, "What?" I like, <laughs> so I
2: thought maybe I misheard him. I was like, "What?"
1: Yeah. So pretty amazing. Thanks for listening. Here's our uh, time with Ronald Kelly.
0: Get a lot written today.
2: Yes. Ronald Kelly, welcome to
1: Pleading Page. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man, really we- good to have you on here.
2: Yeah, we were just saying before we started that uh, I got to meet you for a couple minutes at Scares the Care this year, and that was uh, really great because I had just started reading your stuff maybe three months ago, and I was like, "Where the hell has this guy been all my life?" <laughs> so I saw you're going to be at Scares, I was excited.
0: Yeah, I had we had a good time. It was uh, it was nice meeting you. Yeah, you had
2: that nice giant table on the end cap. I just well,
0: that? it's funny. Um, uh, Stephen supposed was supposed to be next to me, and he—he he was out because he had COVID. You know, he was getting over um, a bad bout of COVID, and uh, so Brian took me back to my table, and, and he said, what, "Do you want another table?" And I said, "Yeah, give me another table." So, but I had plenty of stuff. I mean, um, I had like four huge totes full of books and everything, and T-shirts and stuff. So, so uh, nice. we set, set me up a t- another table. I mean,
2: it wasn't bad. You had a hell of a spread going there. As soon yeah. as I saw it, I was like, "How did he swing this? This is."
0: I didn't have much room left, you know, the spares. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked good.
2: Um, Chad, do you have any questions? Because I got a specific one. Unless there's something you want to jump into. I first. mean,
1: I yeah, I definitely have some questions. But I, I mean, if you want to hop into yours,
2: okay. Uh, I bought fear from you, mm-hmm. and you did a, a little drawing there, right? And then I saw Chad shared a picture of a book you sent him with the drawing. And now I'm assuming this is something you do anytime someone buys one of your books.
0: Yes. Yes. Anytime anybody buys one of my books uh, directly from me or buys one at a convention or something, I, I draw some RKR artwork in the title page. So um, now I'll take a little more time at, when I'm, you know, I'm not a, at a convention. I have to kind of speed it up a little bit because, you know, um, yeah, uh, for time restraints and everything, but uh, but I always, you know, I always, you know, make a, a nice little drawing in there for people and and you know, a little something extra.
2: How did you come up with that idea? Have you been doing it for a long time?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, mean, you know, I started out wanting to be an artist before I was wanting to be a writer, you know, I wanted to be a comic book artist and uh, drew and wrote comic books through high school just about until uh midway through my junior years when i started uh wanting to write you know i took uh journalism and uh, um uh creative writing classes and and just kind of gravitated away from the comic books to the just uh strictly fiction writing
2: huh. i thought that was really cool watch at first i was like what the hell is he doing it's kind of like trying to look over the table. Like what is, that? <laughs> but uh, that's really neat. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do that. So that's a really nice little touch.
1: Yeah. That's very cool. I've seen it once in a while, but uh, I don't think that not like uh, Ron does it like every single thing that he signs is, is like that.
0: Yeah. I gotta be, I've got a huge stack of books in there. I need to do to later tonight. <laughs> It, it, you know, it just seems like people's uh, contacting me for for books. You know, people buy my books and I sign, uh, draw in them, and then they post them on Instagram and and Facebook and Twitter, and then I get you know like a flood of requests for books. So you know, it's 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 doing me really well. I mean, I'm I'm selling some books on my own. You know, I, you know, it's better for me because I get more off selling the book. Uh, you know, directly than I do just royalties off uh, books off Amazon and all that like that.
1: Sure. Speaking of buying books directly from you, um, you had sent me a, a, an arc of uh, Southern fried and horrified. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I read it. I, 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 I went into it thinking, I mean, I like biographies, but there are parts of biographies that, that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um and usually it's because it's the beginning where it's like, here's my mom's story, here's my dad's story, this is where I was born, and I think like most people, we, we want to get to the dirt or we want to get to the, but I enjoyed all of it, and I don't, I don't know if it was the way that you, were, that you were writing it, like almost a storytelling style, but I think a lot of it had to do too, even though you're 10 years older than me, almost mm. exactly 10 years, I was born in 70, you were born in 60.
0: Yeah. Um, Fifty, fifty-nine actually.
1: Okay. Well, you, uh, there was so much that I could relate to, especially you know, uh, growing up in the seventies and and uh, uh, you know all of the all of the TV shows and the monster movies and famous mm-hmm. monsters and stuff that you were talking about and the particular comics and things like that. Uh, I could definitely relate to, um, and just you know, uh, political climate and so that that you know I had that personal attachment to it too, but. It was just, and I was talking to John Bowden about it. I was like, dude, you got to, I knew he would like it. And I was like, you got to mm. read, uh, you got to read this. And I know he did recently too. Yeah, and, he did. Uh, he, he could relate uh, big time too. But, um, and then, yeah. So I, I, I would encourage. And so, yeah, I've got this from you directly. I don't know if you have any left because the book's not officially out yet. Is it? No, it's not. I, I
0: sold some at Scares the Cares. Um, I had like, um. 50 copies and because uh, i've got a i've got a um a book launch party uh coming locally here um uh in carthage about uh, 15 miles away yeah. uh, there's a little um a train depot that they've remodeled and everything and, and they have like art shows and stuff like that so so that's where i'm having my book launch on the third september 3rd so um uh, jerry did um um sent me 50 copies and i sold half of them at mm. scares it the cares and then he sent me another box the other day so so we should have plenty for the the book launch but nice. uh, after after that um i'll start you know if anybody wants to buy a copy you know they can contact me and and if i have any left i'll, I'll sure get get them one Yeah, you know? but
1: uh, yeah i definitely recommend it um There were, you know, you've got some writing lessons in there. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was just, uh, it was encouraging. I appreciated the honesty. There's a lot of honest stuff in there, like talking about your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and so many cool stories too about that just blew my mind, like meeting your wife. I was like, wow, (laughs) you know, and you guys are still together. That was, that blew my mind. The the stuff with your, I don't know if it's, if you call it ESP or, uh, yeah, my mom. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool stuff. There was other stuff in there that that I can't even remember. There was just so much stuff, and then, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I yeah. kind of pulled out all the stops. I mean, writing it was—I mean, it was a joy writing some of it, and it was kind of uncomfortable writing some of it because <laughs> I had sure, to relate some understand. some uh, I can rough understand moments. That, but
1: I think that people appreciate that type of honesty because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've all got. You know, skeletons or things that we'd rather that we feel uncomfortable talking about and then when you see someone just doing it it kind of you know you know i think it makes people feel uh i don't know like uh i don't know i don't know what the word is like uh they trust you more or they can uh i don't know it's always nice when you see somebody just being wholeheartedly honest so
0: but, yeah, well what you see with me is what you pretty much get. <laughs> so the, there was I, I just want I just wanted to write a story. I you just wanted to share my story and and if, you know, it helps somebody then, you know, that's great and and I I've, I've talked to some fellow writers who've read it and they are really related to a lot of the the childhood stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, the like uh, starting out writing, you know. Uh, chapters and stuff like that was uh, um, so you know i'm i'm really happy with how it turned out and and uh really happy with the response i'm getting from it. i'm getting a lot of really nice blurbs from some some great people
1: yeah and it's it's nice to see you making this comeback and and i can tell you that you're having a blast so congratulations
0: (laughs) yes i am and i actually i'm going to be retiring in november um middle of november i'll be retiring and i'm going to write full-time excellent
1: congrats thank you so which means you're probably going to be even more prolific so Have you considered uh, doing any, if, you know, you've listened to, you said you listened to some episodes, so you know we cover a lot of hybrid publishing and self-publishing. Have you considered uh, toying around with that at all?
0: Well, you know, I really don't need to self-publish because um, I've kind of gotten to the point in my career where if I, you know, I've got several uh, publishers I work with. I work with Crossroads. I work with the, DNT Um, now I'm working with the uh, Stygian sky and, uh, mm-hmm. said press. And, uh, pretty much if I want to do a book, I go to them and I, you know, I just kind of, yeah. Uh, ask them, do you want to do this book? And, and nine times out of 10, they say, yeah. And so, you know, I really don't have the need to even want to, um, uh, to do, um, self publishing, you know, um, So, especially with uh, Crossroads. Crossroads is he. I've been with them about twelve years, and and they put out about eighty to eighty five percent of my backlog, uh, Mm -hmm. backlist titles and everything. So we're gradually putting all the Zebra books out. I still got like maybe four Zebra books that I haven't put out in paperback. So uh, we just put out the Darken, which was something out there, Zebra publish it is something out there. And um, I think next, next year we're going to put out a new edition of fear. Uh, it's going to be like a uh, author's uh, pervert, preferred edition of it with, you know, some bells and whistles in it. And, and it's, it's currently out of print. Um, um, mm-hmm. The last uh, paperback that was put out of fear was um, uh, Sinister grin and they went out of uh, Went out of business, so um, about all I don't have any copies of Fear left. So, so um, we're
2: really so the one I bought from you at Scares is one of yes,
0: the... that was one of the last copies of Fear. <laughs> so oh, all right, you got a all good right. deal. <laughs> I got the
1: old school Zebra
0: edition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You just had to shit on what I just bought. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I, I just find it uh, funny that you said that you don't need to self publish because the way I view it is. I, I at least most of the self publishers, self-publishers I know we look at it as I don't need the publisher cuz right. I, I can do this on my own I can pocket the rest of the money and you of all people certainly don't need the publisher and if you were to self-publish um you would sell a lot of books on yeah. your own I mean it is a learning it's curve a if you you know uh, especially it's a lot of work to, if you yeah. want to do everything It yourself, is. formatting you know, I'm
0: like I'm that. not sa- savvy enough to you know Format my own, you know, uh, interiors, and you know I've got I've got I've got cover artists that you know that work with me, so covers wouldn't be a a problem. But uh, Mm -hmm. um, I you know I just I guess I'm a old school. I'm just traditional. I just like to work with. That's cool. I get it, man. Yeah, (laughs) sure, I get it. And it just you know it takes a lot of you know like the you know I steal proof and and go over the you know the uh, edits and stuff like that before it's uh, goes into print. But, uh, you know, if I have a, have a publisher or two or three working with me and then that, you know, I can spend more time writing and I don't have to worry about, you know, doing the formatting and, and trying to lay it out and, and stuff right. like that.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So you quit writing for a 10 year period.
0: Right. right? He,
2: and when did you come back?
0: What year I came that? I quit writing in 1996 when Zebra shut their doors, and uh, I came back in 2006, so that okay. was 10-year period there.
2: Okay. I was just curious about the ch- massive changes in the industry over your career. I mean, particularly the last, what, decade? It's been... Yeah. Everything's completely different. I was curious yeah. what you had seen was maybe the biggest change. Was it the advent of
0: Kindle, or... It was how it, so much easier the writing process was, you know I mean, I was like typing on word processors and processors and typewriters and printing up manuscripts and and sent them off to an agent and or an editor at a magazine and you know with snail mail and all that, and mm-hmm. you, uh, I come back and you know everything's you know so much more accessible, you know, uh, the internet wasn't really big when I quit uh, quit writing in 96, but when I came back, I mean, I didn't really have a computer when I came back. Uh, uh, I had to go buy one <laughs> and and start fresh, you know, and, and uh, then you find out that you can just, you know, write books and save a file and then email it to an editor or a publisher and it's just, it was a totally different world when I came back, and but it was good. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, a blessing, you know.
2: I imagine that was a massive time saver.
0: It was, yeah. Yeah. Great.
2: That's interesting. And, and then in more recent times, I feel like there are so many small presses popping up now because of the ability to sell print-on-demand mm-hmm. and ebooks and all of that. Do you... Like what's the difference been in dealing with the small presses versus you know the bigger publishers back in say the nineties?
0: Well, you know, working with the big presses, I mean, it was it was more isolated process. I mean, you you went through your agent, and and sometimes I'd talk to the editor, you know, um, my Zebra editor, and and uh, but mostly I just you know you were isolated you. You wrote your novels and you sent them off and they'd publish them. You, you'd, uh, you know, you'd start another one and and you didn't know exactly how it was doing. You know, back then uh, it wasn't like immediate feedback, you know, for your work. I mean, there would be maybe some some uh, reviews and publisher weekly if you was lucky. And, you know, some of the little small press magazines might write it up. But I mean, I had to like. Sometimes I didn't know how to book did for you know an entire year or, or more because huh. uh, um, uh, you know you got with the with the mass market publishers you got paid twice a year which uh, you know it, like I was telling somebody today it was it, you know it, it got tough sometimes waiting for those checks <laughs> to to show up in the the mailbox because. Uh, you didn't know exactly how much you were gonna get and, and when you got one you really had to stretch it out for another six months, you know. So budgeting was a big part of Yeah, I was being a writer. And it's... I ate a, I ate a lot of Mac uh, boxed macaroni and cheese yeah. and, and some cheap fish sticks, you <laughs> so know. we 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 really pinched the pennies back then. What so, so you're yeah.
2: eating like a like a five-year-old while you were Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
1: What everything that you're saying about that the long wait and not knowing how good it's doing, uh, that that's such a huge change. But right now, I can kind of relate to that because of my, uh, um, like foreign publishers in right, Spain yeah. and Egypt and Russia. I don't, I don't have a clue how they're doing, and I don't get the royalties for, um, I think on a couple of these, it's once a year right yeah and then so i just heard back from spain and got my royalties and i guess they're trying to take the book and and um uh, they're um I, I can't remember exact exact wording but they're 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 trying to get it into high schools there that's good a reading, yeah. for a reading course which mm-hmm. would be really cool i was like oh man let me know if that you know if that happens if that works out but I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, for all I know, they could rip me off and be selling tons, and I would just never know. I mean, I get, I get, uh, you know, reviews on Goodreads that are in Arabic or or uh, Russian or or Spanish, but um, not everybody leaves. You know, it's a very small percentage of people who actually take the time to leave reviews. So, sure. I have no idea how how you know big it is. And like I said, they could be pocketing all kinds of money and i wouldn't know it but i doubt it i, I don't
0: think the book well you know big. i felt the same way with zebra because you know zebra you know i think i posted something on twitter today that zebra put out tons and tons and tons of books i mean they were in drugstores and airports and yeah. anywhere you looked and uh you know you didn't some i mean you when you put out a book, it'd be like almost a year and a half before you get the first royalties on it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus, that's, so crazy. and, and, uh, and, you know, until you had written four or five books, it didn't really amount to a whole lot, but uh, yeah, uh, what about my, I, I guess my fourth or fifth year with zebra, you know, I was, I was making pretty good money, but uh, up until that point, it was, you know, it was really iffy about, how much money I would be getting and all that. And, and uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the way it is with, with dealing. I don't know if it is this uh, now, but dealing with, uh, you know, some of the big New York publishers and everything, you you know, you hope that they were doing the right thing, but uh, you never could be, and you know, for sure. You know, I always, I have this dream that, you know, that I open up my mailbox and there's a big, Um, check from Kensington where they said, oh, sorry, you know, we forgot to give you some royalties or something like that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, with with interest, but, you know, that's never going to happen. But, uh, you know, um, but, you know, you think if they sell millions and millions of of paperbacks, you know, you would get millions and millions of dollars, but, you know, it, it was just a few cents on, you know a dollar you know, mm-hmm. back then especially with zebra zebra was kind of at the bottom of the totem pole uh, with the uh, mass market publishers you know
1: it makes me wonder how different my own writing would be if i couldn't um hear the voices of people who were reading it like right. you, is your head just kept down like cuz you can get distracted from not only a, a poor review which always hits harder than you know, 100 good reviews, um, you get that one that's th- th- that you've gotten questioning, you got yourself questioning things. But then you you can also start to get, um. Like, like, let's say that Fear was your only book that you've put out. Everybody loves Fear. It's up there with Boy's Life and stuff. Great, <laughs> great coming-of-age uh, horror story. Thank you. And <laughs> then now you've got this next one. Now the pressure is on. You know, yeah. now you've got a, and let's say you write let's say you just you've got one more coming of age that you need to get out so now the pressure is really on if you don't put another because you're the king of coming of age you know what are people going to say and and it makes me wonder yeah if you don't hear these these voices hear these opinions of people what they think of your do you would it make your writing the the process easier less stressful or 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 uh because you don't have you're not listening to anything on the outside you just got your head down and you're doing what you love and you're doing your thing and then you're telling the story you want to tell mm-hmm. exactly how you want to tell it with no pressure from
0: that's you know, per, that's the pretty much way it was i I was kind of on my own uh, you know when I came up with a idea I would do a, like a rough outline send it to zebra a to prove it then I'd write the book i I did several multi-book deals and um but you i mean you didn't have feedback you didn't know whether the fans you know liked your work or not and and you know in a way that gave you kind of the freedom to just you know like you said put your head down and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and go at it and not worry about you know what people were expecting from you but in another way i was, i think i got five uh fan letters the whole time I wrote for zebra and it was, I might've gotten more, but zebra only sent me five. So, Mm. and and one of them won the fan letter. One of them, you know, actually uh, accused me of being a racist uh, uh, for writing fear because, you know, you know, there Mm -hmm. was a lot of racism in the book and using the N word, which, you know, I I believe that if, if, uh, if you're going to write true life stuff, then, Then uh, don't pull your punches, you know. And uh, and I know, I mean, I know that word's offensive, but I mean, yeah, people used it a lot, and they still use it. Yeah, you know?
1: I can't imagine the hate mail that Joe Lansdale has gotten over the years.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, everybody, show. everybody knows what pretty much what Joe's about, and yeah, and you know, yeah, you know, Joe was my hero back when I started in the small press. I mean, he actually. It was like a mentor to me. He, you know, we talk on the phone and mm-hmm. and uh, and he give me advice and stuff. And he gave me my first blurb for um, I think it was Pitfall, or and so you know I, wow. I thank a lot of Joe and uh, um so yeah you know, when I when I started writing in the small press it was uh, you know I was writing Southern horror and it was just just about me and Joe and uh, Robert McCammon, you know, that was about Mm -hmm. the only ones that wrote Southern, you know, regionalism, horror. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, that was an advantage for me because when I started hitting the small press magazines with, with, um, with the short stories, uh, it was something a little different from what everybody else was writing. And they, you know, um, uh, I, you know, I, I placed a lot of short stories in a small amount of time. Did Did you prefer
2: the anonymity of only getting four fan letters and one idiot letter versus people just hitting you up on Twitter or Facebook now? Like, no,
0: I, li- I kind of like the attention. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, Me too.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't trade it either. I mean, it's, it's just curious.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you can get on Twitter and and soon find out you don't want the attention you know somebody somebody uh you know goes at you you know and that happens quite often you know yeah um but uh you know i you know i'm i'm really enjoying this part of my career where i can interact with my readers and my fellow authors you know it's just been it's been great you know and you know you know, I've got friends, you know, that, you know, I got readers and writers are, you know, I've got tons and tons of friends in, in this industry now where, you know, I didn't back then. I mean, I had a few, we, you know, we talked on the phone and, and, and sent letters back and forth, but that was about the extent of it because, you know, you didn't have internet to interact, you know, so easily as we do now.
2: Right. Yeah, I just I can't imagine like I, I didn't start writing until after the kind of ebook revolution so I've mm-hmm. always had instant feedback, you know. Put right. a book up, you get a review that day. So I just can't even imagine getting four pieces of feedback from <laughs> from fans uh, over that length of time. That's just wild.
0: You know, every now and then there'd be a review but you know like in um uh, uh, Fangoria or or one of the uh little magazines or something like that, but it'd be like a, it might be a year after the book came out, you know, that you'd see it and, and you were, you were already had another book out and writing another book. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, you know, you know, that was, uh, that was nice, but you know, you were, you'd moved onward and, <laughs> but nowadays, I mean, you're getting feedback and reviews the whole time that, uh, I mean, within hours or days after you release a book it's it's nice you know i enjoy it but uh,
2: yeah some of these people on goodreads i don't know how they read so quickly yeah i publish a book book and an hour later they have a full review
0: i sure can't read that fast no i'm way too
2: stupid for that it takes me it took me (laughs) so long to read fear and I was reading that thing every day like crazy. It still took me forever because I'm
0: just it was a big book. <laughs> it was. The thing was, the thing was Zebra, that was what they specialized in was the big doorstopper books. And and mm. that was a that was a stipulation in their contract that you write a four hundred to five hundred and fifty page book, you know. And wow. wow. And so that that was that was kind of hard sometimes. Sometimes you had a I think my first two books were like two hundred and Fifty pages and then they signed me up to some multi-book deals and and put that stipulation in there and i had to really put in a lot of subplots and extra characters and everything and it was sometimes it was it was a stretch to to from beginning to end to really make it interesting but uh, i did my best back then uh, to to try to you know entertain everybody and and make my book worthwhile you know
1: sure I'd never survive. 500 pages is like three of my books.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I don't, I don't. you know, I'm like you, I, I don't like to write, you know, books that big, you know, uh, uh, of course, when I came back, I mean, I, I think the last novel I've written was the buzzard zone uh, in 2015 or something like that. Uh, when I retire, I'm going to get back to novel writing. I'm going to write the, uh, Fear Two, the sequel to Fear, which will probably be, it'll probably be a, a big chunky book because I can't see doing a, a little thin sequel to Fear. It's got to have you know, it's got to have some, um, you know, almost. And I'm not going to say equal to what Fear had, but it's going to have be epic. It's, yeah, it's going to it's going to have to be on the cusp of being epic because, yeah. um, and it's um. I've actually got the, the last chapter written of that book. That's the first time I'd ever sit down and wrote the last chapter because it came to my, my mind how to end it. So, so I wrote the, I wrote the, the ending to fear two, which will be called uh fear eternal. And, um, um, uh, so I just got to sit down and write the beginning and middle to it. just a
2: 425 page. Job, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> You're going to start that when you retire towards the end of the year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I got a few other things. Uh, You know, my uh, post-apocalyptic horror collection uh, after the burn that I just put out with D and T, I'm going to do a novel version, a novel sequel to that. It's going to be a novel instead of uh, uh, a collection of short stories and, and it's going to have some of the same characters, some of the same surviving characters, because a lot of people didn't live for that book. But uh, uh, I'm going to do that. And I've got a book with Cemetery Dance that I I was writing a book for Cemetery Dance uh, way back in 2007, and I had a computer crash. I had three quarters of that novel written, and I lost it in a computer. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh, and I,
0: And I haven't had the guts to sit down and write it again. (laughs) Don't blame you. But I'm going to do it. I mean, I owe it to them. They they paid me, so (laughs) I need to to write the thing. Oh, that is brutal. (laughs) Oh, Uh, man. man. I think the most
2: I've ever lost was maybe 20, 30,000 words I lost. Yeah, that's a a lot. It was a lot, but, you know, that was only a quarter of the novel, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, this novel. was
0: close to 60,000 or, or <sighs> more, yeah. mm,
2: that's brutal.
0: <laughs> and I, I mean, I took the hard drive to a bunch of people to try to retrieve it and all that. And they couldn't get it off. So, so uh, I mean, I, the other day I found the out the, the full detailed outline. So, I mean, I'm going to sit down and, and give it a try. You know, it's funny because sometimes when I do that, you know, like, um, uh, my story, uh, uh, my story, Mojo Mama, that was in uh, uh, Essential Six stuff. I, I lost that during the ten years that I uh, I'd written it and lost it during the ten years I was off. And I sat down and wrote it again, and it was three times better. I mean, it was three more, three times more gruesome and and gory than it was before. But but uh, it was actually better, and I actually could write better than you know. So sometimes it's a blessing that, you know, it gives you time to kind of reset your batteries and everything like that when uh, when you're off writing something like that for a long time and then you come back. You
2: know? yeah. It takes a good mindset to overcome something like that and not just punch a hole in the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that <there> might be. <laughs> I might have done that. I don't know. I was... I was... <laughs> Pretty pissed off about it.
2: <laughs> I can imagine that's that's pretty brutal. Since uh, everything's been changing and now you're working with these different small presses, like Sinister Grin has gone under, how many companies have you worked with? How many publishers have you had deals with that have just disappeared?
0: Uh, I think seven. Oh my God. Let's say it was it was a Zebra, there was one called uh, uh, Nocturne Press, Croteauan uh, Press. Full moon books, um, bad moon books. I don't know if they've gone out out completely, but I did some books with them and then they kind of shut down the horror end of theirs. Um, Sinister Grin and uh, Silver Shamrock. Wow,
1: now you had it's hard to tell when that's going to happen. Do you by now, do you have any like? You know, because it could happen from, well, now it can happen from, I guess, being canceled, but it can happen from um, uh, people not having uh, their heart in the right place or financial reasons or whatever. Um, And because the unpredictability of that, do you, outside of that, do you have any like telltale signs from your experience that you look at and you go, yeah, I'm not working with them, even though they're fully functioning right now?
0: Well, sometimes, you know, if you don't get, like, um, responses back real quick, you know, if they kind of put you off, you know, um, sometimes, you know, really, honestly, it, it, it's really hard to detect when something like that's going to happen. Uh, I, I know uh, Dev's Head Press and uh, and Sky has gone through some changes, and which I didn't expect. You know, I've been working mm-hmm. with them really closely. For a few months now, and didn't see some things coming, but uh yeah, um, but um, I think they're going to be okay. It's just the thing is, uh when you're a working man, you know, I'm I'm a blue collar worker, the same as Jared is, and, and uh, you know, for sure, uh, um, a few other publishers are, are, are like that. But uh, I mean, that's a strain, you know, trying to. To work and support your family, and and uh, keep your household afloat, and keep a, a publishing company afloat at the same time, and 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 uh, so I can see where Jared's kind of going behind the scenes. He's still going to be CEO, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know he still communicates with me and everything. But uh, you know, I, I think I think it's going to lead to good things, and and you know, I'm I'm really. Uh, feel blessed to to be a part of because that was one of the the said press was one of my bucket list publishers you know i, I wanted to work with them for a while and then uh, um we um, we talked about doing the chat books and the three chat books series you know series uh, uh, which are fixing uh, – one one book has already been printed and the other two are going to the printer right now so so that'll be available to everybody pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I went to him with this, uh, with Southern Friday and Friday, which I think is one of my most important books I've ever written. And so, you know, I still got plenty of confidence in, in, um, uh, uh, set Press and, and Stitching Sky. I know there's a lot of rumors been going around about that. Cause you know, when you see people making changes at a publisher, then, then, you know, people start talking and, and there's doubt starts flying and everything. But I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be good.
2: So no, um no consistent signs you've noticed between these
0: publishers of, oh. No, usually they like... just, you know, up and, and make an announcement. Or one of the bad things is sometimes the publisher don't tell the writers, you know, you hear it on social media. I mean, that's what happened with Silver Shamrock. You know, I was, you know, it was the weekend when it happened, and and people started messaging me, and, and I went on Twitter, and all of a sudden, you know, I saw everything was blowing up and everything, and and, and um, so that went down fast. I mean, I mean, I, that was the weekend of uh, AuthorCon too, so yeah. there was a lot of writers that that lost their books. And that shut down the we're actually, you know, there at the convention and everything.
1: Yeah, we still don't have a, a home for a wormwood. I mean, really? we've been we've been in talks uh with a few publishers. Um there's one right now we're talking with that we're thinking and we I mean th- I think three publishers reached out to us like the day, the day mm-hmm. after or the day after. Mm-hmm. Um And I had signed with, and Ron, I think you may have too. I'd signed a three book deal with Silver Shamrock to do uh, an anthology every year. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, not an anthology, a collection of short stories. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I know that Ken invited. To, um And so that was the only part that was like, I kind of signed it. As soon as I signed it, I was like, man, that's a lot of short stories. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, so when they went under, I was like, Okay, cool. I don't have to do that anymore. But uh, the, actually, the, the collection that just came out, Spinal Remains, is essentially the one that was supposed to be the first in that, in that thing.
0: I'm looking forward to reading that. I've been hearing a lot about it. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Why aren't you or are you considering publishing yourself, you and Tim Wormwood?
1: Um, I kind of don't want to do it because, I mean, we both know what we're doing. I don't want to do the math. I don't want to handle the math. I don't want to deal with that. I, you know, uh, John Bowden and I self-published Out Behind the Barn. John doesn't know anything about how to do any of that stuff. And I just handle it. And every month or every two months, I send him uh, the royalties, you know, Mm and I I screenshot everything. I don't, I'm not a good bookkeeper. I just screenshot stuff. I send him the PayPal money. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to have this slowly growing roster of things where I have to be.
2: Yeah. um, No, I totally get it. I'm I'm with you. Have you tried the draft to digital author split function they have? If you have a co-written book, they will do the, the uh, accounting for you and they'll send each author. No, I have heard about that, but
1: I've told you I'm, I'm whatever it is I'm doing wrong or um, I, I don't have any luck with draft to digital.
2: Huh? I'll have to look at that. I'm, think my next book is going to be co-written, so I'm trying to figure all that shit out. Like, I I don't want to do the accounting either. Like, I do not need to be sending someone a check every month. I mean, it wouldn't be
1: a huge headache. It's just I don't want it to, I don't know. I I have no problem putting my own stuff out. I like, I love being hybrid, you know, Crystal Lake and when I was with Shamrock and then um, I got something coming out in Death's Head Press. I've been in talks with Stygian about something. So I like doing that um and then having the majority of myself self-published published
0: but sure. um that's, that's that's one thing that you know i learned when i was with zebra is i did you know not to put all your eggs in one basket you know and, yes you know of course with zebra you know that was my one and only publisher you know and, and when you wrote for the mass market publishers that that was pretty much the way it was and unless you was a big name and you could you know, work with different houses. I, you know, I did work with Berkeley. Uh, I've uh, I wrote uh, several of the Jake Logan westerns, Ghost wrote them and hmm. so. Um, uh, and That's actually, I would love to do Dead Eye that I'm working on now. My my horror western series. I pitched that to Berkeley, and they considered it, but you know they they were afraid that you know I couldn't sustain like a monster of a book. For a very long period of time and their their series went on for like 200 300 you know um uh, you know books so, so I would have been really been scraping the barrel to find some some monsters and creatures for for deadeye to fight for years and years
1: ghostwriting could be great money I
0: yeah would love
1: to not always do that but I would love to have opportunities and i I have signed a contract to work with a company that picked me out because they liked my stuff. But then I was never given any work after I signed a contract and, and everything. I don't I don't understand. But uh, <laughs> that's the closest I've ever gotten to having that opportunity. But I would, if anyone's listening that needs ghostwriter for their... Yeah, forward. you know, that, that, it.
0: that was a sweet gig. I mean, I wrote like a 150-page book, which took me maybe two weeks. And they, they paid me a flat $5,000. Uh I didn't get any royalties off of them, mm-hmm. but that, I mean, I could have done that all year and made a, you know, uh, some good money, but, uh, yeah. um, I did two of them and then they stopped Jake Logan for a while. And when it came back, they had already filled in spots for the ghost writers. So, so, um, uh, um, uh, I kind of lucked out on that, but, uh, um, but you know, I still got you know copies of that, uh, uh, that uh, those two little Westerns, you know, because I wanted to be a Western writer for a long time before uh, I tried my hand at hard, you know, because uh, I was always a big civil war fan and old West fan and, and uh, was really into gunsmithing and and black powder shooting and stuff like that. So West, uh, you know, Westerns seem to be a really down to earth kind of, storytelling that i like to do and um but uh the western market was really um it was narrow you couldn't hardly get into it and so i you know i tried my hand at horror and it just kind of clicked and uh, that's how i got started writing horror
2: have you tried writing a horror western
0: yeah i'm i'm doing the the dead eye um horror western series right now uh, book one's out and book two will be out uh, probably in November or something like that
2: I was curious because everyone I've talked to including myself who's written a horror western cannot sell the damn things like, <laughs> I don't know what it is I cannot sell that book
0: well Dead I 1 sold really good I mean it's still selling people's uh, um, it's really fun to write because you know I've got uh, uh, two really Uh, great characters you know i got the the zombie gunfighter dead eye and uh, 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 louisiana mojo man job and and they traveled together and and you know they wisecracked each other i mean there's a lot of dark humor in this book that i love to write and all that and and i've kind of put some cosmic horror in there you know um there's a, a lot of uh Stuff that I never thought would would end up in in this series that's, it, and it's I'm actually barring from some of my own, uh, uh, mythos. You know, uh, some of my novels and short stories. There's characters and stuff kind of showing up from there because in this storyline, there's a there's a portal called the the hole out of nowhere, and and um, this witch is kind of using it to bring creatures and stuff out of this portal to, to fight dead. And, and, you know, I got stuff coming from my own, uh, books and short stories, you know, appearing every now and then. So it's been fun.
2: I might have to read this and ask you some questions in an email sometime. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a copy some stuff. Uh, Chad, anything else before we start wrapping this up? No, I don't think so. All right i hit you with two last questions I always ask everyone. Okay. Throughout your career, what is the one thing you did that you thought just, God, what a waste of my time. I would never do that, and I would never tell anyone to do that. Uh, could be writing, could be publishing, whatever it is. What just didn't work for you?
0: Let's see. I can't think of anything that I mean, when I uh, when I came back to writing the second time, it it was I felt like I was spinning my wheels. Uh, Actually, you know, uh, zombies were really big and everything. You know, around the time that uh, Walking Dead and everything, and so I I was going to write a zombie book, and it uh, actually hit a a snag uh, with some. writer's block and it took me three years. And by the time I finished the, the zombie book, everybody was sick of zombies. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one thing I probably, I mean, it was a good, it's a good book. I think it's a pretty good book, but, uh, but it just kind of fell flat on its face. That was one of the, but I mean, right now it's selling real good. People's, you know, that's one of my big requests when somebody wants to buy a book from me is uh, the buzzard zone. And so um, I, I would probably looked at, that a little different you know i really don't look at trends that that much when i write i just pretty much write what i want to write you know i I write what i like to read and everything before i you know before i you know say well is you know is my audience going to like this or that you know i'm the i'm the first reader and and if it pleases me, I think it's gonna please everybody else. You
2: know? All right, and what has worked the best for you? What piece of advice would you give?
0: Uh, probably the way I'm doing my social media and everything, uh, promote my work. I didn't have that back in the old days. I actually put out a a paper newsletter, you know, back then, but you know, it was like send 50 copies out in the mail or something like that. But now, I mean, I can reach more people on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and I've got my newsletter. I just started the, the fear County Chronicle, which is really doing good, getting a lot of subscribers. I actually have a contest right now where I'm trying to get up to a thousand subscribers. And when I do, I'm going to give away a a, a copy of the zebra uh, Fear and, uh, my audio book that was nominated for a, a Grammy Award back in nineteen ninety two. I have a, a a mint copy of that and I'll be giving that to one subscriber um uh, out of the bunch, you know. So a so Grammy? <laughs> huh? A Grammy? Uh I was nominated for one. I didn't I didn't win it, but uh I didn't even actually, know that was a, a category. That's amazing. Uh, it's it's uh the best uh, non musical spoken um uh, album. That's what it was it was under. So which Damn. I guess would be audiobooks now, but uh, back then it was just like uh you know, it was on it was on a cassette tape. It wasn't uh it you know, it wasn't like it is now, but uh
2: Man, uh, you're throwing that in at the end of the interview. I would lead every interview with. I'm a <laughs> Grammy-nominated artist. <Just>
1: to,
0: <laughs> exactly yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that was kind of cool. I mean, uh, when that, when that audio book, it was called Dark Dixie, Tales of uh, Southern Horror, and uh, uh, the uh, Publishers Weekly put out a really nice uh, review of it, and and then, like um, a couple months later, my my agent called and said, "Did you know Dark Dixie's up for a Grammy award?" And I said, "I said, why?" <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, he sent me the the ballot and everything. And uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the the ba- at the very end. It was like preliminary ballot. I mean, and I was right next to Stephen King. I don't know what Stephen King's book was, you know, audio book was, but. Uh, it was nice, you know, uh, having that little nod to me, you know, a couple of years into writing for Zebra, you know. Um, so that was kind of cool.
2: Okay. That's amazing. All right. Well, we won't take up any more of your time. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking
1: to you. Well, so thank much. you.
0: I, I appreciate you inviting me.
1: Yeah. really appreciate you coming on here.